I know, it's a really good idea. You should go to Comic-Con. Oh, no. Yeah. Don't call me con. I did my time. I paid my debt to society, my community service. No, every- truth, that's not what I mean. Oh, come on, let's go. The following announcement has been paid for by the New World Order. <laughs> Coming to you from parts unknown, ladies and gentlemen, this is WrestleGeddon, with your host, Chris the Heat Matthews. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 3 of the WrestleGeddon Podcast. I am your host. Yes, it's me, it's me, it's that H-E-A-T, and we're ready to bring the fire. We're going to jump right into it. I've got nothing for housekeeping this week. I've got no... Not a whole lot of news, really not much going on as we build into SummerSlam, coming off the Extreme Rules pay-per-view. I did not get a chance to watch everything that went on this weekend. There's a lot going on, and with being a father of three, it is kind of hard to keep up with three little monsters and watch, you know, about 15 hours worth of wrestling. So, let's jump into it. Evolve, I did not get to see all the Evolve pay-per-view I did get to see the first couple matches, and I will say that Josh Briggs, in my opinion, from what he looked like in the ring in that match against Retro AG, looks to be a guy that WWE would be interested in, so I would not be surprised to see him show up in NXT in the very near future. I did, however, get to watch Fight for the Fallen, and I was very excited to get to watch that. Um, AEW has put on some great shows, and they're doing a really phenomenal job here. So... Let's break it down. We've got the buy-in. Sunny Kiss taking out Peter Avalon. The librarian would leave a bait. Sunny Kiss goes over Peter Peter Avalon. Uh, if you're not familiar with Sunny Kiss, I suggest you look this man up. He is phenomenal. He's a great in-ring talent. Um, my first exposure to him was Lucha Underground as Exolicious and his feud with Jack Evans. Just an amazing talent, amazing in-ring performer, very charismatic. I see big things for Sunny Kiss in the future. Um, we had women's tag team action with Priestley and Nakajima taking on Dr. Britt Baker and Rio, which saw Priestley and Nakajima go over the two of Gover Baker and Rio, um, which then saw Baker and Priestley brawl at the end of the match. Uh, the main show we saw, we saw, not Shaw, we saw Sean Spears, MJF, and Sammy Guevara, Guevara take on Joey Janelle, Darby Allen, Jimmy Havoc, which saw Sean Spears get the pin and the win for that matchup. Uh, Brandy taking on Allie, uh, brings out Awesome Kong. Awesome Kong helps Brandy go over Allie. Uh, awesome Kong doing a beatdown at Brandy's marching orders at the end of the match, which prompted Asia Kong, Aja Kong, sorry, not Asia Kong, Aja Kong to hit the ring and make the save for Allie. Um, right as uh, Kong was about to hit the implant buster, or as we like to call it, the bitch killer. Um, Aja Kong came out and pretty much had Awesome Kong back down. Fun fact, Aja Kong and Awesome Kong used to tag together in Japan. Aja Kong is a huge name in Japan, pretty much a legend. Um, we saw a triple threat tag team action with the Dark Order going over at Helico and Jack Evans. And the team of Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. Hangman Page went over Kip Sabian. 
in a pretty solid matchup. Like I said last time, Hangman Page is going to be the breakout star of AEW. This man is on the rise. He has been for quite some time now and has pretty much picked up when he had joined the Bullet Club during his Ring of Honor New Japan run, which pretty much solidified him as up-and-coming star and a future professional wrestling star. Um, Lucha Bros going over SCU, which was a pretty solid matchup. Omega taking on SEMA, which to me, match of the night. Phenomenal matchup. Just great back and forth action. And then, you know, of course, you had Jericho get involved at the end, dressed up as one of the creepers from the Dark Order's entourage, uh, taking out Kenny Omega. My only big issue with this is Jericho hits the code breaker, and then we go into that stupid elbow, the Judas effect. This is one of the lamest finishing moves I've ever seen. I don't understand why Jericho thought this was a good idea. Now, Jericho is one of those talents that can consistently reinvent himself to keep himself relevant by doing different things and all this other stuff. Um, as you see, you know, he's got this complete new look again. But this freaking Judas Effect elbow looks like he drank too much and he's just stumbling around the ring, as you know, I've heard and read other people compare it to. And it's it's just terrible. It's sloppy and it just it's not as refined as some of Jericho's other moves in his moveset, which is pretty disappointing when it comes to Chris Jericho. But um, they had a pretty big breakdown. Um, Jericho actually did bust open Hangman Page, especially around his eye, um, requiring him to get stitches. Uh, Jericho did cut a promo later, a little later on before the um, before the Bucks and the uh, Brotherhood matchup, uh, basically talking about having the blood of Hangman's hands, the blood of Hangman on his hands which prompted Hangman to come out. They brawled a little bit, got separated again. Um, pretty solid segment, and I'm really looking forward to seeing Hangman and Jericho at double, or at, not double enough, an all-out for the um, AEW Championship. So it's a pretty, pretty solid matchup. My pick on that one, I'm calling it right now, Hangman Page is going to be your first AEW Champion. So, yes, that's, that's going to happen. I'm calling it now. Uh, main event, I saw the Young Bucks take on the Brotherhood, which Cody Rhodes and Dustin Rhodes. Great matchup. Really great matchup. Enjoyed it. Uh, if you followed Cody and Dustin as their time in WWE as the Brotherhood, they were a phenomenal tag team. Great chemistry. Um, as typical, like, who would you want to be as your tag team partner? Um, aside from your best friend, your other choice would be your brother if you had one. And that's these guys were just great. They tore the house down. It was a great matchup. My only complaint with AEW is that they keep trying to separate themselves and try to be a alternative to WWE, but they keep bringing up WWE references and things like this throughout the course of their shows. If you want to be something different, if you want to be an alternative to another product, you can coexist without mentioning that product at all. WWE does it all the time without mentioning Ring of Honor, New Japan, Impact Wrestling, because in their eyes, they're the end-all, be-all for professional wrestling. And in all honesty, I think other companies need to adopt that same moniker as being the end-all, be-all in professional wrestling. You want fans to believe that your product is better, and by doing that, it helps create more of a presence for yourself, in my opinion. This is just strictly my opinion. Well, with AEW making comments towards WWE, taking shots at WWE, I think it kind of makes them say, hey, we're trying to be an alternative, we're trying to be competition, 
but we also need to consistently remind ourselves that they're still there. Oh. But that's that. Uh, speaking of WWE, we had Extreme Rules over the weekend. Uh, great matchup. Great, not matchup. Great pay-per-view, honestly. WWE's events have gotten a little bit better um, over the last few months. Uh, since um, I'm not even counting Super Showdown because that was just a terrible event. Uh, kickoff show, we saw, for some reason, Nakamura and Finn Balor for the IC title was put on the kickoff show. I'm not sure why they did this or whose decision it was, um, but it was a quick matchup which saw Nakamura getting the win on Finn and capturing the IC title. I'm not mad at this match. I'm mad at the match's placement. I can't really say mad. I'm just upset how the placement was. Because how are you going to put the Intercontinental Championship on the pre-show, on the kickoff show, and not on the actual main card? A title that has been held by the likes of the Macho Man Randy Savage, um, Edge, Christian, like all these guys that have held this title throughout the years, you know, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, but you're going to put it on the pre-show. Like, I don't understand that. I, I, I just don't get that at all. Maybe something like, I, I don't even know what other card could have went on the pre-show, honestly. Or just move it to the main card, like, without having to bump anything else to the to the pre-show. Um, we also saw Drew Gulak retain over Tony Nese. The X, not the X, but I'm thinking Impact for some reason, the Cruiserweight title. And <laughs> another solid Cruiserweight matchup. These guys on 205 Live, if you're not watching 205, um, which I don't get to watch as often. I was like to, like I've said before, these guys put on a fantastic program. They work their asses off, just you know, the little bit of opportunities that they do get, and they deliver solid every single week and every single match that they do on the pay-per-views, everything. Those guys put in work. Uh, main show kick off with Undertaker Roman going over Drew and Shane, which um, was a great matchup. Honestly, Undertaker looked fantastic in that match. And for anybody to say otherwise, like, they really, like, Undertaker was really putting in the work in that match to kind of erase the memory, at least kick it away, of um, him and Goldberg from Super Showdown. Because, honestly, watching that match, like, you forget, like, Undertaker is as old as he is. But he, some matches he can still go, and he can still move. You know, I'm not saying as good as he did, you know, 20 years ago, but at least, you know, a few years ago. But, you know, that was that was a great matchup, and I enjoyed it. Um, we saw the Revival retain over the Usos, and another solid matchup between these two teams. Anytime these guys get involved, it's going to be a great matchup. And they're going to deliver every single time. Like, I love the Usos. I love the Revival. You know, I hope to see a little bit more from these guys, which we probably will know in WWE, because anytime they got something good, they like to run it into the ground. Uh, we also saw Aleister Black take on Cesaro. We saw Black go over Cesaro. That match to me, I'm pegging that one as a very strong candidate for match of the night, if not match of the night altogether. That match was phenomenal. Great action. Great back and forth. Like hard hitting, as you would expect, from anything with Cesaro and Aleister Black. And it was great to see these guys match up for the for the first time, actually, in WWE. Fantastic matchup. Um... We had Bailey retain over Nikki and Alexa in the two-on-one handicap match, which was it was all right. It wasn't one of the better matches that these got that these three have put put out. 
Uh, Strowman over Lashley was a great match until the end. The end of this match was kind of irritating and annoying. Or kind of both, actually. The reasoning behind this is how is the ref going to do a 10 count after Lashley and Strowman go through like the roof of the structure, go through the structure, and the ref can't see if anyone is standing or even moving or anything, standing in front of basically a wall, this little this construct that was constructed in the walkway of the arena. This this is where fans actually enter into the arena to the to the floor for floor seating. They construct this thing just to have Strowman bust down a wall, a shitty wall to begin with. It looked like fucking foam board, honestly, and it's just. Like, I don't understand. Like, you can't count a 10 count for a last stand, last man standing match if you can't see the goddamn participants in the match. I don't understand it. I don't get it. That was probably one of the dumbest things. And it to me, it ruined... It didn't completely ruin the match, but it made it a little more... A little less enjoyable because of that. Uh, move on to the next one. We got the New Day taking on the Equal Warriors and Heavy Machinery. Uh, New Day picks up the win on this one, becoming your six-time WWE SmackDown Tag Team Champions. That was a good matchup, too. Um, Heavy Machinery brought it. Uh, Daniel Bryan and Rowan brought it. New Day always brings it. Great matchup. I'm not mad to see New Day as the champs. I wish Bryan and Rowan would have retained. But now we get the possibility of Kofi and the entire New Day with gold wrapped around their waist. Uh, what else we have? Styles taking on Ricochet. Uh, Styles beats Ricochet with a little bit of help from the club. So we got a new US champ. Not mad at this at all. My only my only dislike is I think Ricochet should have retained and held the title a little bit longer. But what can you do? I'm not mad. AJ Styles is US champion. We have the club back together. I can't complain on this one at all. Can't complain at all. Uh, KO going over Dolph in a very quick matchup. Basically, bell rings. KO hits a stunner. Pins Dolph. One, two, three. KO's done. Uh, Kofi retains over Samoa Joe. And a great matchup. Back, great back and forth action on that one. Really nothing any, nothing short of what you would expect from Kofi and Samoa Joe. Seth and Becky retaining over Lacey Evans and Baron Corbin. Which, Corbin and Evans, they really, they stepped their game up. It was a great matchup. I can't really complain. The action was good. Um, Corbin and Lacey worked well together. It was just a good matchup. It was good. It was a good main event. Um, but the biggest thing, after the match, was Seth and Becky celebrating in the ring. Brock Lesnar cashes in. Before he even cashes in, for the bell rings, nails Rollins with a couple of German suplexes. Bell rings, gets in some F5s, pins Rollins, and here we have our new Universal Champion. Again, Brock Lesnar has a title, which I'm hoping that this is not going to be a long, drawn-out title run like it was last time, where we barely saw the Universal Champion on the show to begin with. So I'm hoping that this pretty much concludes on the the next pay-per-view at SummerSlam. Um, 
let's roll into Raw. I'll hit you with the Raw recap. Uh, we opened the show with Brock Lesnar. Uh, Heyman and Brock running down the announced participants for the 10-man, or go through the participants for the 10-man battle royal for the main event of the show to determine the number one contender for the Universal title at SummerSlam. Pretty good opening segment. Like anytime you have Heyman on the microphone, pretty much any, everybody stops and listens because it's Paul Heyman. He just pretty much commands that, and it's fantastic. I love Paul Heyman. Um, in a confusing six-man tag match, we had Ricochet and the Usos taking on the Revival and Bobby Roode um, in another motherfucking two-out-of-three falls match. Why the hell do we keep getting two-out-of-three falls matches? I get it. You don't want to have wrestling during the commercial breaks. That's great. But go back to old school and have them do rest holds and things like this. Like kind of slow the pace of the match down a little bit. Instead of doing stupid shit like two out of three falls matches. People are really getting sick of seeing this shit. And I don't understand why they continue to do this week after week after week. Those type of matches should be something that are special. And something that is used to solidify a feud or culminate a feud, something like that, instead of just some random ass match on Raw. And the random ass teams, like, what does Ricochet have to do with Bobby Roode? There's nothing before this at all that had anything to do with Roode and Ricochet. It was Ricochet and Styles for like the last three weeks, leading up to Extreme Rules. Usos and Revival were the only ones that made sense. So why don't you just have the Usos take on the Revival in a two out of three falls match instead of having to make it a six-man tag match? I, I don't get it. I don't see where they're going with this. So seriously, WWE, what the fuck are you thinking? Uh, next match of the night, we had the Viking Raiders squashing jobbers again. Nothing new with that. Um, I, I don't see why they're not putting the Viking Raiders up against some actual teams and letting them, you know, run through the tag team division. I get it. You need, you're building them up and making them look stronger by squashing these local jobbers every week, but it's, it's kind of ridiculous. We know how awesome, I should say, your hardcore fans know how awesome the Viking Raiders are. Where the casual fans, yeah, not so much, but hey, what else? Next match, we had Drew Versick versus Cedric Alexander in the upset of the night with Alexander getting the pin on Drew McIntyre. Big things popping for Cedric, so let's hope this continues into SummerSlam and Cedric gets a pretty decent spot on the card if he even gets a match on the card at all, or hopefully it leads to a little more feature on Raw. Uh, followed by that, we had an interview with Finn and Joe, uh, an interview with Roman, blah, blah, blah. We have Joe versus Finn, which ends up being another quick match of the night. Uh, Finn loses to Joe. Um, Joe goes to lock into Coquina Clutch. Finn's able to reverse it. Hits Joe with a double stomp. Um, gets Joe into the corner. Shotgun knees. Coup de gras. Finn celebrating in the ring. And then, oh my god. The biggest moment of the night for Monday Night Raw. Finally happened. It's finally here. Music starts to fade. You get a little staticky. Like the lights start going out in the arena. The arena goes completely black. Finn's in the ring. You hear a bunch of commotion. The lights start to slowly come back on. Bray fucking Wyatt is in the ring. The Fiend is in the ring. Has Finn prone in the Sister Abigail position. 
boom, drops him with Sister Abigail. Close up on the Fiend. Oh my God, Bray Wyatt is back. What a reintroduction. What a re-debut for Bray Wyatt. I hope to God they don't fuck this up like they did the last time they tried to do him and Finn Bauer with that stupid, ooh, I'm Sister Abigail. Bullshit crap that they did before. So this better be good, and it better be an awesome feud. I want Demon Finn versus The Fiend at SummerSlam. Make it fucking happen, because it's going to be awesome. We have some more 24-7 title shenanigans with Drake Maverick and his wife checking into a hotel. And, of course, we see uh, R-Truth lurking. I swear, like, Truth has, like, Drake's whole, like, honeymoon itinerary, like, hidden somewhere. And he just keeps following him everywhere. So he kind of peeks around the corner, asks the, the uh, concierge if a, a guest by the name of Hornswoggle has checked in. So, then bribes him with a dollar. So, it's freaking awesome. I love the 24-7 stuff. The stuff between R-Truth and Drake Maverick has been absolutely hilarious the last couple weeks. It's actually been hilarious like for a while now since they pretty much introduced the 24-7 title. Loving it. Um, we had Zack Ryder take on Mike Kanellis, which we had a weird segment before that where Maria says she's going to go wrestle because she can handle this match better than Mike can, blah, blah, blah. Um, Ryder gets the win in less than a minute. Um, ducking a clothesline, hits the Rough Rider on Kanellis, and then we get more weird-ass shit with Canellis with Maria saying that her unborn child could have won that match. Like, I don't get this shit. I don't know who's writing it. It's just weird and awkward and I I don't know. Um, then we had the club versus the Lucha House Party, which of course saw the club destroy the Lucha House Party. Fatal four-way match to determine the number one contender for Becky Lynch at SummerSlam, which saw Alexa Bliss take on Natty versus Carmella versus Naomi. Pretty solid matchup. I mean, it wasn't the greatest match in the world, but it was decent. It was fun. That's what it was supposed to be. Um, apparently, the crowd in attendance did not think so, as we got, this is boring chance, let's go Cena, Cena sucks, uh, and other various stupid chants, because, God forbid, people actually enjoy what's in front of them. Um, but, unfortunately, but I digress. Uh, Natty picked up the win on this match, so we will get Natty versus Becky at SummerSlam for the Raw Women's Championship. I'm not mad at this. I love Natty. Natty is a very underrated talent. Um, I shouldn't say underrated, just very underutilized. And we should see a very solid matchup between her and Becky at SummerSlam. Oh, some more 24-7 title shenanigans on Raw. We see Drake Maverick pretty much just about naked, wearing his underwear, and the 24-7 title over his waist, um, getting ready to consummate their marriage. Um, <laughs> this is great. Um, room service comes in with the champagne. Still hanging out there. Drake's like, yo, what are you doing? Dude starts taking his shirt off. He's like, you're a referee. And then they start like freaking out. R-Truth comes off from underneath the room service table. <laughs> it's Drake with a small package. Gets a two count, splashes him on the bed for the three count, grabs the title, celebrating, and our truth just yells, I'm glad y'all not consummated anymore. <laughs> oh, it was so freaking awesome. Then the Graves comments after that was talking about youth util truth utilizing the small package, which is awesome. Um, <laughs> main event on Raw, we saw the 10 man battle royal 
uh, which saw Seth Rollins pick up the win for that. So SummerSlam, we will see Seth Rollins versus Brock Lesnar, uh, which I hope to be a repeat of Seth Rollins defeating Lesnar and winning the Universal title again. Really hoping this happens because God knows we don't need another lengthy Brock Lesnar title run. Uh, let's jump into SmackDown, SmackDown Live. Uh, we had the first ever SmackDown Live Town Hall meeting, which pretty much anybody that wasn't praising Shane McMahon or sucking up to him, kissing his ass, got cut off, got the mics cut off, uh, presumably Liv Morgan, Apollo Crews, The New Day. It was just pointless. And the only time we saw Roman Reigns that night was to come out and basically tell Shane O'Mac that he could kiss his ass. And that was pretty much it. And that's the only time we saw Roman the entire night. Um, we had Cesaro come up and say that he wanted to challenge Aleister Black. Shane made the match. Happened. Um, right after that, KO comes through the crowd after he's been given the night off again. Hits a stunner on Shane again. And exits through the crowd again. I'm not complaining. I love it. Anything involving KO was going to be phenomenal because KO is in fact phenomenal. Um, after all that commercial break, we come back. We have Aleister Black taking on Cesaro, which same as Extreme Rules, no different result. Aleister Black hits the win on Cesaro, and probably a great and probably the best match of the night on SmackDown, in my opinion. Uh, Charlotte versus Liv Morgan. Liv Morgan finally, after since the Superstar Shakeup, finally has a match on SmackDown. Um, puts up a pretty decent fight against Charlotte, but unfortunately. Charlotte wins with a figure eight. Um, Liv grabs Graves' headset and says Charlotte was right. When I come back, I'll be real. So it looks like they're going to repackage Liv Morgan. So this will probably be the last, probably the last time we see her on TV for a little bit. Um, more women's match, more women's action. Um, tag team match, Fire and Desire taking on Ember Moon and her mystery opponent. Or not mystery opponent, mystery partner, uh, which was Bailey. So Bailey and Ember pick up the win, uh, which saw uh, Ember take down Mandy Rose and Sony try to get involved. Bailey hits the Bailey belly. Ember comes off the top rope with the most beautiful finisher in WWE right now. The Eclipse. So Ember picks up the win. One, two, three. Um, we get an in-ring interview segment between Bailey and Ember. Um, Bailey gets asked who her next opponent should be at SummerSlam, who she feels she should wrestle. And Bailey pretty much issues a challenge to Ember Moon, who accepts. So hopefully this gets made official because I would love to see Ember Moon in a title match and possibly win the title at SummerSlam because Ember Moon is probably the best talent on the SmackDown Live roster who is being severely underutilized. Uh, what else happened? We had the New Day come out and do a segment, which was supposed to be Daniel Bryan and Rowan, uh, with Daniel Bryan's life or career-altering announcement. Um, they basically said, you know, Bryan and Rowan, you come out and get your rematch now, blah, blah, blah. Bryan comes out, him and Rowan walk back, come out, walk back, come out, say nothing. Bryan throws the mics down, leaves. Joe comes out, Elias comes out, Orton comes out, all pretty much taking claim to WWE title. We end up with a six-man tag match between the New Day, Randy Orton, 
Elias and Samoa Joe, which sees the team of Orton, Elias, and Joe picking up the win after Orton hits the RKO on Kofi. So I believe we're possibly going to get Randy Orton versus Kofi at SummerSlam, which I'm not mad with that. Maybe we can get a proper feud between these guys because their 2009 feud was kind of crappy. Oh, what else? Uh, Iconics versus Kabuki Warriors, which was turning out to be a very decent matchup until the Iconics intentionally got themselves counted out, which then saw the Iconics get destroyed at the end of the match by the Kabuki Warriors with Kyrie Sane hitting the insane elbow on Peyton Royce. And Apollo versus Andrade, which was a result of the town hall meetings, Andrade and Selena Vega. Vega pretty much challenged Apollo to a match. Uh, Apollo gets the upset win on Andrade, which actually was a very quick match, a very decent quick match. And then main event, we saw Dolph versus KO, uh, which halfway through the matchup, we saw Shane come down with a bunch of goons to surround the ring, essentially turning it into a lumberjack match. Uh, end of the match, KO hits a stunner on Dolph, gets pinned, uh, ends up getting a stunner on Shane, and running up a ramp to escape all the goons that are outside the ring. And we go off the air with Drew McIntyre attending to Shane McMahon. So that, ladies and gentlemen, is your recaps from Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. Um, I probably won't get a chance to watch NXT this week, but it looks like Adam Cole will be defending the NXT Championship. And very looking forward to that when I do get a chance to watch it. And that is pretty much it. That's all I got for the wrestling recaps. Uh, San Diego Comic-Con starts this weekend. Um, by the time this podcast comes out, San Diego, it will be in full effect. Um, and we're going to record this probably... Recording this actually after the Mattel panel. So you guys will get... I'll get you guys some SDCC news coming out. Uh, San Diego Comic-Con, some hopefully some new lineups, all that fun stuff. But right now, we're going to take a brief break, about 30 second break, with a message from one of our wonderful sponsors. So stick around and we shall return. What's up, everyone? This is Chris the Heat Matthews, the host of the WrestleGeddon Podcast. And I want to tell you about Anchor. Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast, and they give you everything you need in one place for free, which you can use right from your phone or computer. The creation tools allow you to record and edit your podcast so it sounds great. They'll even distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard everywhere on places like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and many more. You can easily make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. What's up, everybody? Welcome back. Uh, let's get into the the big reveals, the big news from San Diego Comic-Con. 50th anniversary of San Diego Comic-Con. So let's roll into it. First of all... <clears throat> We had the quick reveal a few weeks ago, like the leaked images of the WWE Ghostbusters figures. I'm super excited for these. Big fan of the Ghostbusters, as well as WWE. It's like two of the greatest things ever, in my personal opinion, in my life, in my world, that are being melded together. This is almost as cool, actually, I wouldn't say almost, this is just as cool as when we had the Ninja Turtles Ghostbusters crossovers a couple years ago. 
Super psyched about these. Only downside that I'm seeing with these right now is that they are a Walmart exclusive coming out fall 2019. I can't find crap at any of my local Walmarts, and it's very frustrating. I'm still, in fact, trying to find the Sensational Sherry Elite to go with my Macho Man Defining Moments. And it is, or not my Defining Moments, my Macho King. It's very frustrating. <clears throat> and it's irritating. Um, so, yeah. Figures in this line, if you haven't seen already, uh, it's Stone Cold Steve Austin, Shawn Michaels, The Rock, and John Cena as your four Ghostbusters. <clears throat> and The Undertaker, fittingly, is the Ghost. Undertaker is a translucent purple and comes with a translucent green title belt. Um, all four of the WWE superstars that are the Ghostbusters all have some sort of removable piece of clothing, um, whether it be a soft goods, um, uh, what am I trying to say, like jumpsuit, there we go, soft goods jumpsuit, which um, I believe Undertaker, not Undertaker, Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock both have, um, both of those are removable, all four of them have their gear, right, the ring gear on underneath it, um, Michaels of course just has a, looks like a plastic goods t-shirt, like with the sides cut off of it. That's like the the tannish color of the jumpsuit. So that'll come off, and he's got his standard, you know, HBK pants on, which are kind of like Ghostbuster themed. Um, of course, Cena's got his his shorts on. So then under then he's got a uh, Cena shirt, whatever. So and then Austin's got the trunks, Austin three sixteen shirt vest. Rock's got his trunks and a Just Bring It shirt. That's pretty awesome. They all come with proton packs and Ghost Trap, uh, one Ghost Trap. But they all have the proton packs, which is pretty sweet. Looking forward to that. Um, what else was shown off? There was a WrestleMania exclude WrestleMania set coming. Um, I'm not sure who that's going to be exclusive to yet. We're, I can't seem to find any information on that. But it does have a Woken Matt Hardy, um, which looks to be his ring gear from the rest the Andre the Giant Battle Royal. Um, you've got Booker T. Um, it's an old school Booker T with the short dreads. And white trunks with the old school Booker T logo on there. He comes with three sets of hands, um, two hands that are pointing, two hands that are open to do the the five time or the spin Rooney setup. You've got a Mick Foley that comes with the finger guns, so you can do the bang bang. And then you got a Kofi Kingston, um, which looks to be his ring attire from this year's WrestleMania. Um, these figures also will have build a figure pieces for the first ever build a figure referee. Who looks a little bit like Dangerous Danny Davis um, with the, the face scan and everything that's on here. So pretty psyched that we're getting a referee. Um, the downside with this, by my personal opinion, my critique on this, is I think we should have did the ref separate and not as a Build-A-Figure. Maybe made it like an exclusive somewhere like Ringside or Amazon, something like that. And have it be the referee with like a whole bunch of interchangeable sets of hands. So like... You can have like one hand, one different set of hands that was like counting. So it was like one, two, three, like have different fingers up to do like the 10 count. Um, he's got, he comes with the, the flat open hand. So, you know, he's doing the one, two, three count. And he's got like two, two hands that, you know, looks like he could hold something with. But like, you, they could have did like so much with this, like a couple different head sculpts, things like that, just to kind of mix it up a little bit. So you can give you different referees, different hands. Like, you know, some of the other companies do, like, for for example, NECA, when they do, like, their Ultimate Edition figures, and they give you, like, a whole bunch of hands and a whole bunch of heads for specific things. So I kind of feel like they could have went in that direction with it, but it's still cool that we're actually getting a referee. 
um, that'll be scale size to the Mattel figures and be a specific specific referee instead of having to throw a ref shirt on an extra figure. So, uh, what else was showing off? We saw prototype images of China, Greg the Hammer Valentine, and a early crow sting with the short hair, like when he first started coming back. Um, we have elite two packs of Rey Mysterio with his Mysterio-inspired gear and Samoa Joe from this past WrestleMania. Um, TLC 2018, two packs of AJ Styles and Finn Balor, both with three sets of hands. Um, one set of the hands, each hand is doing the two sweet gesture, so really super psyched about that one. Um, newest ringside exclusive is Kane dressed as Undertaker dressed as Kane, so that's pretty cool. Uh, we're also getting a SummerSlam wave. I'm not sure who all is all in this series, but we've got so far images show Christian, which is going to be rude Christian. So he's got the white puffy shirt and he comes with the goblet. And we're getting a viscera with three hands, three sets of hands. So he's doing like the V symbol. And then he's got some open hands and some closed fists. And he's got his all black jacket and everything on there. White mohawk. Oh, that looks so freaking awesome. Um, also revealed, we're showing a, there's a classy Freddy Blassie, which looks pretty sweet. Gorilla Monsoon will be released later, um, probably either this year or next year, really didn't say. But he's similar to the Mean Gene figure, where he has two different suit jackets. Um, also three sets of hands, he's going to come with a WWF, old school WWF microphone like Mean Gene. He's got the headset for the announce table, and of course his signature sunglasses. And one that I am most excited for, to finally see is a flashback hurricane figure super psyched about that cannot wait um we got another elite two pack of natty and her father jim the anvil neidhart jim's got two sets of interchangeable hands um, lucha house party are getting elite figures so we're getting updated uh kalisto in the short trunks we're getting a lince dorado finally and a grand metalik can't wait for those um some more women superstars figures showing off here We've got Kyrie Sane, comes with an extra set of hands, her um, ship steering wheel and a pirate hat, Lacey Evans, three sets of hands, and we got Mandy Rose with uh, an extra set of hands on there. Super psyched about those. Um, Buddy Murphy is getting an elite figure as well. Can't wait for that one. It's really rounding out the cruiserweight division here with Buddy Murphy and the uh, Lucha House Party. Uh, Roderick Strong has an elite coming out as well. He's also got inter-swappable hands of the Undisputed Era hand gesture. We're also getting a new Pete Dunn. A new Pete Dunn with a uh, updated head scan with the longer hair. Uh, some basics shown off here. We've got the first ever Keith Lee figure from WWE. We've got an updated R-Truth and updated Carmelo coming. Um, they're just like bouncing all around with these things. A couple more elites. We've got an updated Rey Mysterio, Batista from WrestleMania 35, and an updated Becky Lynch with the man t-shirt and an extra set of hands. Uh, looks like we got some New Day figures coming. I believe these are basics. Um, they're going to come, I believe Kofi's the basic single release. And I believe Big E and Woods is going to be a two-pack. And they're going to come with a plate of pancakes. Not 100% sure on there. Don't quote me on that one. We've got Matt Riddle with his first official figure coming from WWE. And we've got basic figures of Trish and Lita from this year. Uh, I believe the Evolution pay-per-view. Or WrestleMania. One or two. I think it's WrestleMania from the uh, women's tag title match. Uh, what else we got? WWE Basic 100, which looks phenomenal. You've got Stone Cold Steve Austin with the white knee braces. Shawn Michaels, which will have 
two figures in this line. So it'll be a chase variant. Uh, I believe one has um, one's got red tights, and the other one has white. You the Undertaker, John Cena with the old with the the really cool eight bit T shirt on there, and of course the Rock, which has one of the best face sculpts, uh, face scans with sideburns. So it looks pretty sweet. Masters of the WWE Universe were revealed as well. So basically, what these are these are a mashup, kind of like the Ghostbusters, but they're a mashup of the WWE figures and Masters of the Universe. Uh, some of the figures shown on this one was the the Macho Man, who comes with looks like a scepter, and has um, like a battle damage plate that'll change side that'll change like different variations of damage. If you remember the old school He-Man toys where they had the thing that you would flick and it would turn and look like you know they got hit in the chest. Um, the Savage kind of reminds me it was the character was a Mechanic, kind of looks like that. Um, you've got Rey Mysterio coming, who is a looks like a, a cross between Mysterio and Stratos. Uh, Roman Reigns, who has the, the big fist for the Superman punch. Um, that looks like a play off of um, uh, Fisto. You got a couple John Cena's. There is a blue John Cena that is similar to Faker, um, the robot that was created by Skeletor to replace He-Man. So he, he's he got the, uh, he's got a couple like word life things and little mace type looking thing on there. Uh, there will be a ring play set that actually has the same coloring as Castle Grayskull different turnbuckles. You've got a regular John Cena. There's actually some flashback figures in here too. Some more flashbacks. you got Sting, Ultimate Warrior. There's a Finn Balor coming in this set as well. And a Triple H with the long purple tights. Pretty sweet. And there's a Cena in orange as well. Um, standard gear. It looks pretty awesome. Um, yeah, so that's pretty much all the stuff that was revealed during the Mattel panel. Uh, they did show some other things as well, like they're working on a 24-7 title. They showed um, prototype images of that. They're also working on an Ultimate Edition's Becky Lynch, which is going to come with both Women's Championships Raw and SmackDown Women's title. We saw reveals finally, um, actual full images, not full images, but figures on display for uh, the Iconics Battle Pack that's coming out. Uh, Drake Maverick is getting a figure in the basic line, which will include a chase. Um, he is dressed in the AOP gear from his time managing AOP. Uh, so you will have two different versions of that one, one in green, one in black. There was oh, so much stuff. Other Elite shown, he had a Captain Alicia Fox uh, from Survivor Series. Good Lord, there's so much going on. So, let me see what else I can find here. you have to bear with me here for a second because I am scrolling through Instagram here with the ringside collectibles and... Uh, some other stuff. I've uh, got the new Adam Cole coming out, which I believe was Elite 70 with uh, Drew McIntyre, which Drew actually has a different head. The initial head scan on him had the hair in his face. So unless he comes with two heads, the other one has, um, shows his whole face on there. You've got uh, Nikki Bella, which looks like it's going to be a chase in that line as well. She's got two different outfits. There's a throwback Jeff Hardy coming. A classic Big Show, a uh, up-to-date John Cena with the the old man dad hair, I guess. I uh, got a Cassius Ono, which looks phenomenal. The Walgreens exclusive page is getting released. Gerald Briscoe is coming as well. So there we go. We got both of your Stooges coming. 
Um, a flashback Rey Mysterio in the, like the blue split and yellow pants. You got a new Nakamura with a blue cloth good shirt, black and blue pants. Finally getting a single release of Jinder Mahal with the WWE title. A, uh, another Jeff Hardy, face painted Jeff Hardy. Don Morocco was a new one that was shown as well. So we're getting Don Morocco. Uh, Big Daddy Cool Diesel, which actually says Big Daddy Cool on the singlet. Uh, elite version, the new Elite Johnny Gargano was shown on display as well. We're also getting a Vince McMahon. Um, 80 style Vince McMahon with the interview podium, it looks like. So pretty psyched about that one. That old school podium they used to stand on. You know, outside, like, by the crowd and stuff where they do, like, the interviews. Um, the Finn Balor, Jack the Ripper was shown. EC3's first Elite was shown as well. You got a Seth Rollins and IC title from his, uh, from the final run of the Shield. A new Dolph Ziggler, which the face scan on this one looks phenomenal. Looks like he's got a soft goods, soft goods jacket, and he's got the, uh, the pink tights on there that say Heel Crew on them. So, this, the new True Effect scans, uh, I think Dolph's Elites will finally get some justice done with the face scans. Um, looks like he is going to be a chase as well, as there is a black version that has the IC title um, printed on the chest uh, from when he wrestled Rollins. Uh, Ultimate Editions, we got some more of those coming. We got a Survivor Series, not Survivor Series, sorry, SummerSlam Finn Balor with like the little um, uh, skirt type thingy on there. Face paint on that looks phenomenal. We're getting a Triple H, a uh, mid. 90s, 2000, early 2000 Triple H, about 2000-ish Triple H with the uh, WWF title, Sledgehammer, Interchangeable Hands, Interchangeable Heads. Uh, let's see, these are all those. Talked about that one, talked about that one. Let's see, uh, Drake Maverick. Uh, Lars Sullivan will also be getting his first basic figure as well. Um, we're getting an updated Baron Corbin and his Applebee's Night Manager ring gear. Some more images of Basic 100. There's so much stuff going on here, man. It is insane the amount of stuff that was shown this weekend. Well, just over in one day. It's crazy. But a lot of these are just absolutely phenomenal. We're getting a new Daniel Bryan. The new Daniel Bryan with a 100% organic title belt. I may have mentioned that already, but it's just super exciting to see that. Um, they showed off the images of the newest Finn Balor, um, which is actually part of the two-pack with AJ Styles. Oh, man, so much good stuff. So much good stuff here. Man, that is pretty much all of it. So you got a new Brock Lesnar coming. Um, updated Brock Lesnar with a new face scan. Comes with a universal title belt. Montreal Screwjob, Shawn Michaels, which was done by Jax in their classic Superstars line. But the Mattel one actually looks like it might blow that one out of the water. Uh, da, 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 da. So much stuff. Like My initial thought behind this was just to do some um, highlights, but there's so much stuff here. Uh, Sarah Logan's basic figure, her first figure, was shown as well. Looks phenomenal. We got Mustafa Ali. It's basic coming out with two different tights. He's got green and like purple, purple and gray. Bobby Lashley's first basic figure. A new updated AJ Styles. Um, Billy Kay and Peyton Royce. The Iconics Battle Pack. These figures look amazing. Um, Usos Battle Packs. Then you got Battle Pack with AJ and Daniel Bryan coming. Oh, what else we got? Drake Mavic and Green. We got new AOP Battle Packs coming. Um, the accessories with those are going to include kendo sticks, 
Um, one is going to be just a standard candlestick. The other one's going to be broken. We also got one of the big basic reveals is Seth Rollins in his SummerSlam gear from last year, which is, of course is the Thanos-inspired gear, or as close as they can get to it without violating any copyright infringement. Um, we're getting the first Selena Vega figure in a battle pack with Andrade, which he's going to come with the mask that he normally that he rips off during his ring entrance. Um, Bill McKenna's uh, pet project, Asuka, that was supposed to be a WrestleMania exclusive release, is coming out as well. Minus the robe, she will have the headgear and looks like the mask. Kind of disappointing on that one because the figure with the robe was freaking phenomenal. And it's, unfortunately, we're not getting the robe for it. Oh, but that it seems to me, that's pretty much everything from the Mattel lineup. From the Mattel reveals and the panels uh, so far. Uh, like I said, there's you still have the rest of the weekend to go. Uh, they generally will drop some stuff in there just to keep people coming back to the, the cases. Uh, just to check out more stuff. Um, also, big news coming out from the Major Wrestling Figure Podcast. Um, they're offering limited edition figures of themselves. Uh, pretty much as luchadors. So they'll have like the purple MF, MWFP shirts. Um, like white tights, just real generic stuff. It's pretty much one of their t-shirt designs. Uh, they also have like a whole bunch of ring gear, like an announce table with some headphones. The thing's pretty much going to be purple and gold. There's a ladder match, TLC match set. Um, there will also be a limited edition set that includes, looks like the uh, Major Wrestling Figure Podcast t-shirt, just the basic logo, and the Major Wrestling Fi Figure Podcast title belt. <coughs> oh, excuse me. So that's pretty cool. A lot of exclusive stuff coming there. Um, and the last bit of news I've got from SDCC50 is this. Super 7. If you're not familiar with Super 7, they have done things like Masters of the Universe most recently uh, with the Masters of the Universe Classics line with like Filmation. Filmation-inspired Masters of the Universe figures, which are basically the cartoon figures, so they're more cartoon accurate. Um, they've done things like... Toxic Crusaders, if you remember that cartoon, based off the Toxic Crusader movie. Uh, they've done a Toxie for that. Um, most recently as well, they've done a revitalization and re-releases of the Bucky O'Hare figures, um, which was also a cartoon from the 90s, uh, which included, which was like a bunch of animals fighting a war against the despicable Toad Army. Great cartoon, one of my favorites. Um, Super 7 put out these figures and like knocked them out of the park. They've got a whole bunch of other stuff coming out as well this year. Um, they just announced today that they have the New Japan Pro Wrestling license. That's pretty much the, the basis of their announcement so far, which is that. Um, they, they did say that figures and styles and style figures will be coming soon. So that is something to look forward to there. I'm really psyched to see what they'll do. Like I said, they make some really good figures, and they put a lot into it. They are a little pricey compared to some other stuff. Um, I mean, that's like... 20 $25 for like a Bucky O'Hare figure, but the amount of detail and the work and the accessories and stuff that they put into these figures is phenomenal. So, I would imagine something with a mix of like Mattel and Figures Toy Company with what they do with like the cloth goods because the, the ring gear that Figures Toy Company does is phenomenal as well. It's very detailed um, clothing work on there, which is why their figures are a little bit more. Um, it's not being. Like, that's pretty much the basis of why they're, you know, $25, $26 each. Because um, that cloth good is, is not cheap. So I can see, hopefully see Figures Toy Company when they do figures like that. 
that they could probably they'll probably end up going hopefully going with like a cloth good style ring attire and the you know the sculpting style Mattel with how detailed the face scans are and things like that like they put a lot of work into their figures so I'm very excited that Super 7 is going to take on the New Japan Pro wrestling figure world hopefully hoping they'll be in scale with Mattel figures that'd be freaking sweet but um we'll see like I said they haven't announced anything yet um, we're still going rolling into the weekend. More announcements. Hopefully, we get some more info on some retros coming out. The retro line is amazing. If you're not into that, um, I mean, I guess mostly adult collectors like myself that grew up with like the Hasbro figures really love the retro line. And I kind of got into it late, but the figures that I have picked up for are freaking phenomenal. Um, hopefully, we'll get some more information on those. Maybe we'll see a new ring. Um, but you know, we'll discuss all that next week. And that's, that's pretty much all my figure news I've got for you guys. Um, really nothing much else coming down the pipeline as far as figure news goes that I've seen from WWE, um, from Mattel, from anything else. I haven't seen anything from Jax yet. I don't think Jax had their panel. Um, Wicked Cool Toys, I haven't seen anything from them. Um, which, you know, Wicked Cool will do a lot of the accessories. Most recently they showed, you know, we just got the, um, the pop-up arena and crowd setup so maybe we'll see some more stuff from them as far as that goes maybe different arenas maybe different crowds maybe some that are like a little less glossy for us people that like to do action figure photography but yeah so that's pretty much all i got um i hope you guys enjoyed this week's edition of wrestlegeddon with myself chris the heat matthews and i look forward to meeting back with you guys next week and with that said Keep your eyes peeled, enjoy the thrill of the hunt, watch as much wrestling as you can, and for the love of God, stop bitching about everything. It's entertainment. We can all watch wrestling. We can all enjoy it. Peace. This edition of Uno Mas Tacos WrestleGeddon has been brought to you by the good folks over at Bright Rose Events, where your event is their business and it's personal. Bright Rose Events specializes in themed events, weddings, birthday parties, anniversaries, corporate events, and any type of event that you can think of. If you need a planner and you're in the Raleigh-Durham area, check out brightroseevents.com for more information and contact information. You can also find more information at facebook.com slash brightroseevents, Instagram at brightroseevents, and Twitter at brightroseevents. Remember, that's brightroseevents.com for all your event planning needs in the Triangle area.